What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again in the host spotlight, love this dude to death, Mark Francis. What's up? Mark, what's up, homie? Swap seats today? Yeah, it's yeah. good. You're, you're back in the host? Yeah, you gave me Morgan a piece of work side. last week. I, I knew you hey. would. I, lo- okay. I love when you host. You never tell me what <laughs> no. you're going to say until it's live. You want the raw, unedited. Raw, so. unedited. But I'm it's good. For, I'm glad for both of you guys. I'm, I'm glad you you pick on me when you get the chance. Let's go. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, he's with us again back in the pulpit after uh, several weeks, yeah. a few weeks. Say, welcome back. Um, he's back. Yeah, senior pastor Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. Good. Thank you for being here. Well, well definitely so <laughs> tough to get back into the saddle of uh, of the pulpit. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review. Acts 20, Mark. Uh, Tim, Tim unpacked Acts 19. Mm-hmm. I had the first little fun passage of Acts 20. Um, talking about biblical leadership, what were some of your takeaways? And we'll yep. go to Mark, see what he has. Yeah. I mean, Acts 20, 17 through 38. Big chunk. Um, it is a big chunk. And it's, I've said this before, but it's just cool how God leads the passage to then have it be unpacked and show us what we should learn from it. Hmm. And here we're talking about body life, church leadership church life. Um, totally different subject. We haven't really touched on this too much in the book of Acts yet, of just kind of, this is the new, this is the church age kind of mm. coming into fruition. What is Paul doing? He is um, making disciples. So for me, that was a key takeaway of just Paul's heart for people, his heart to build the church. And what does that look like? Just continually teaching and making disciples. And um, then you break down what does that look like? And little microcosm is church leadership. So I I feel like that that's really the heart and tone of just Paul's just imploring them. He's saying, I've just spent three years mm-hmm. <laughs> and and don't look, my life is not important. There's there's a small little passage where it said that. And so just the, the heart and tone of just this, his heart for the church mm-hmm. and making disciples just really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it could be a one-man show so easily, this Paul, his travels, his teaching, but he's, he cares so much about their ability to handle it without him. And let's make sure you need your kind of people doing this kind of thing so that it doesn't it doesn't matter where I am or where I'd like to visit or where you'd like me to visit. He alludes to that a lot in, in a lot of his letters and obviously in Luke's narrative of Acts. is like, Paul is often places he doesn't want to be, and he wishes he could be everywhere all at once. <laughs> so how is the the triumph of the it's not the triumph of paul that's not what we're unpacking here in the book of acts the triumph of the gospel how does that unfold and i agree mark like anytime i i get a a glimpse of ecclesiology in in texts and mm. and a, a passage about the elders i'm like sweet right because it it doesn't feel like that comes often in scripture yeah but and i don't know if it was the mentorship i did here at church or the way i went through an ecclesiology class and then had the opportunity to do it again and kind of teach some of it with mark it's like anytime that comes up naturally in the corporate gathering i'm like this is now you know why we're doing it this way. We didn't just make this stuff up. It's mm-hmm. been given to us. Yeah, Paul, uh, and he emphasizes that priority of, as we've talked about over the book of Acts, the triumph of the gospel, He, when he says in verse 24, I don't consider my life of any account as mm-hmm. dear to myself so that I may finish the course mm-hmm. and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus, which was to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, this is not about Paul. It wasn't about Peter. Uh, it was about the one who sent them to go into the world and make disciples. And um, so that that's Paul's mission. That's Paul's heart. But the underlying thought in the passage for this last week was that that's not going to happen well 
if you don't have godly leaders. Mm -hmm. So we see this kind of layered development. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we see the the movement of those apostles early on in there. But then even back in chapter 14, Paul went back. I don't know if you preached that passage. And he appointed elders in every city. Mm -hmm. And he kept, you know, so so mm -hmm. you, you, you've got to reproduce, multiply yourself, reproduce. It's a Christian, the Christian life is a life of reproduction mm -hmm. so that there's multiplication and um, that the leadership role is crucial as we saw in this passage. Mm -hmm. As the leaders go, so will go the church. And I think what you were saying, Mark, the passion of Paul was almost begging because uh, he knew um, I, I'm not going to, I can't stay here. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a one man, you know, show and I'm out of here. And, uh, but let's multiply through the leadership, but it's so crucial. And you can get caught up in being overly emphasizing the structure of a church as an organization, or like you alluded to, you can, there can be no structure, no elders and just one person. Mm -hmm. But I think that the value here is seeing that, yes, Paul is laying out a biblical model of what that can look like. And, but still not to lose sight of the call yeah. of the mm -hmm. call of proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, proclaiming what Jesus has sent them to do in that early church and for us today. Well, and that's what Acts shows us. The Great Commission is not a call to the local church and the, the corporate gathering. The Great Commission is a call to people. Uh, we need to be the ones uh, evangelizing. Acts proves the church is not meant to be this, this flash pan avenue for conversions, but also the, the raising up and the equipping of the saints and making sure it's not just these exciting moments driven by one person. We better keep doing this so that right. it's a, a self-sustaining growth of God's people. That's the local church, and that's lost on a lot of people, I think. Yeah, and 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 Paul's again, Paul's emphasis was that um, what, you, in so many words, and he said this in, in some of his epistles, what you have seen in me, mm. uh, these do also. Mm -hmm. So as I imitate Christ, he said in Ephesians five, so you imitate and uh, me and walk in in love. And so in that uh, seventeen, uh, starting in verse seventeen of chapter twenty. Paul does lay out some. Uh, well, he does. He doesn't lay it out. I did in my sermon. I think. I think it's surfaced in mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, "Okay, guys, here's what I did. Step one, step two, step three, sure. steps four. But I think clearly there were there are some characteristics. Like I, I, you know, I serve the Lord mm -hmm. with humility, with tears in the midst of trials. Mm -hmm. um, so much more could have been said about that. But mm -hmm. he sets the example. What does godly leadership look like? Mm -hmm. Well, it's service to the Lord first. Mm -hmm. You're not serving yourself. You're not serving ultimately the church. You're serving the Lord. You're a bond servant of the Lord. And therefore, you take your marching orders from him. And when you have that in line, you can't help but be humble. Mm -hmm. It's the right perspective of yourself. And then the, the compassion for people, the tears in the midst of trials. I mean, he didn't back mm -hmm. away. I did not shrink. I wasn't intimidated. Mm -hmm. uh, elders, godly leaders in any form, whether it's you're leading your family whether you're leading a small group, there's got to be a sense of of uh, of, um, of determined um, setting your your face like flint towards the goal of mm -hmm. the, of uh, inculcating the gospel of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ into people's lives, and you can't back away from that, no matter what the culture, the situation, the opposition, uh, or the pain of dealing with people. Sometimes, you know, leaders. I think we've all, probably I certainly have over 43 years of being a pastor, sometimes you just want to 
go, a walk away, uh, because mm. you you hurt for people. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, but you hurt for people, mm. and and you see what's happening. You see people struggle with a broken relationship or a financial collapse or whatever, and you know, and the church needs to rally around. But we live in a fallen world, and mm. it, sometimes you just want to get away from all that. But leadership. No, actually mm -hmm. sees it and runs towards it, uh, like mm -hmm. the, like a nine eleven fireman into the into the right. twin towers. And God has called specific men, yes. to be a part of that process, mm -hmm. and it's 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 just cool and neat because I was downstairs in Fellowship Three with our worship service down there, and we had a couple elders in the service, and I saw Greg Perkins sitting there just taking notes furiously. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, we're talking about him. He's one of our elders, well, and, and, and he's. I mean, just the intentness of yeah. just hearing God's well, word, so glad. learning from it. I'm so glad he brought that out. He, he says it, it, they come from among us. Yeah. So it's, right. it is part of, and I remember in my mentorship here out, coming out of college, I, I realized the elders do really sit in on and, and humble themselves and submit to the teaching that they themselves are shepherding. And so you do get this awareness. They're not these wizards up on a hill assuming what it's like out there. They're, they're here. They're among us. And that that's the kind of leader you need. Yeah. I agree. They need yeah. to do that. Paul, I, uh, Paul does such a good job staying humble in the sense that when he says the things about him that are Christ-like, he speaks to things people already know. Verses 33 and 34, I, I, I coveted no one's silver mm -hmm. or gold or right. apparel when I taught among you. But, Verse 30. Uh, isn't that interesting that he included clothes? <laughs> uh -huh. I, there's, a, there's a background story there somewhere. Uh -huh. But... Um, yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. It wasn't about that transaction or what you could give me to get me. Like it wasn't, this wasn't even talking about. The first 34, you yourselves know that that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. He, he He's humbly saying, you know, mm -hmm. you saw, mm -hmm. like, I, I know you saw, like we were all in this together. And that's what a, you want to have a leader that can truth, truthfully say things like that yeah. instead of, I know it all, boom, and, 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 yeah. Bible thumping not, everybody. Not just follow what I say, but also follow what I do. Right. Again, what a great example for parenting. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can, you, mm -hmm. you know what drives kids away faster than anything in the Christian home? Is when what they hear Over doesn't here. match with what mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. And the same things happens in churches. Mm -hmm. If the leadership, uh, what they hear doesn't match with how they're behaving. Mm -hmm. And Paul mm -hmm. is a great, again, yeah. a great example. It's funny you say that. Yeah. I mean, so from parenting, Tomorrow, I'm taking my second child, my youngest, mm. to college. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, I'm losing time. Like, he's mm. going to be in New York, and oh. I don't have time. And we've been talking about when you go, you know, what kind of churches are you going to look for and attend? And it's kind of, they're scarce up there. Mm. So I tasked him out a few months ago. Go do some homework and research online. What churches are out there? And he pulled up a few. That's great. And we've gone through them, looked at their websites, and filtered through, sifted through. Okay, mm -hmm. here's why I would say that one. Eh, let's be on the lookout for that. Here's why I think this. And we looked at some of the statements of faith and That's things great. like that. And um, so tomorrow we go. And um, we've also been walking through, and I'll just give a little plug to one of the Fellowship Family podcasts on discipleship that I did with Marlon and Sue Sanford, mm -hmm. Marlon Bites on Sue Sanford, and mm -hmm. how the discipleship team here has kind of laid out what are almost like eight building block starting points for mm -hmm. discipleship. So I said, I'm going to take this opportunity, and we're going to have at least just 10-minute conversations about each one before he goes, mm -hmm. and we're going to touch on body life tonight. And just, I said, Pierce, 
this sermon? What did you hear from that? What are we going to look for in the church when you go to New York? And what does their elder structure look like? What does their teaching look like? So there's there's opportunities that are there to, yeah. at least for me, I'm seeing point and example right there. Boy, and wouldn't, wouldn't the Apostle Paul have loved in the first century to have be able to zoom to FaceTime oh, to yeah. go back right. to these people. I mean, when yeah. he got on that boat and, and floated away, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. You will not see my face again. We are so fortunate mm-hmm. to be able to, to yeah. in this we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have no excuse. Yeah, in, in that in that respect. But when um, it comes to body life, I mean that that's yeah. a key kind of just call it doctrine that you have to be immersed in and understand that we are part of the church. Mm-hmm. We're not in isolation, and that's what what Paul is doing here in this passage is is saying. Brothers and sisters, yes, I'm leaving it, but you're here behind. This is your body. This is your church. And you guys are the key leaders. Make disciples yeah. and, and mm-hmm. understand that you need to be connected and a part of the local body. Um, and that's just so vital. Which is what which brought up the warning. Why was that so important to Paul? Because savage wolves yes. are out there. Right. Uh, this is not, uh, we, we can't coast. And uh, so we have to always be vigilant. We have to always be aware at all levels um, because we are in spiritual warfare and, and there are savage well, and, wolves. And how, how, do you know, how do you know he's serious? We don't know the tone at which he said that. We don't know the, the volume at which he said it, but he chose the word savage wolves. Mm. So this isn't like some of us are going to be a bit annoying with our teaching. Like he's not saying some of us are going to have personalities up front where it's like, eh, He's calling us wolves if yeah. we're not teaching right. Yeah. And I, yeah. it, we, it, it raises the value. The radar's up all of a sudden. We watched uh, <laughs> with our grand, some of our grandkids a couple of weeks ago, that old movie, Babe. Uh-huh. Yes. You know? And there's, there was a one scene where the wolves, the wild dogs come, and they, they decimate that flock yeah. of sheep. Mm. Our little three-year-old... We, sh- we should have nipped it at the butt. With her her <laughs> older brothers were watching. They were fine. But she, she, she had some nightmares uh, afterwards. Oh, yeah. I, but, you know, that image of savage wolves mm. coming into a mm. flock, it ought to give any leader nightmares. Oh, yeah. With, she, with she's going to grow up and be like, false teacher. I can tell, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can tell from yeah, a thousand yeah, yards yeah, away. You know, get her the color book. Uh, you know, <laughs> so she'll color the picture of the sw- false wolves, uh, savage wolves. <laughs> the uh, red blood. She'll never forget yeah, it. Yeah. No, but um, it's yeah. it's a reality back then. It's mm-hmm. it's certainly a reality today. Today, And it's insidious. It's mm-hmm. it's it, it's dece- deceptive. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil that come. Uh, how many times? Be on guard. Be on guard. And it 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 tickles your ears as they're saying it too. So yeah. the picture of savage wolves uh, upon reading Acts makes it sound like, well, that'll be easy. It'll be easy to figure out who that is. A, a savage wolf, I could tell within a first couple sentences. Yeah. No, there he's he's training elders to recognize when teaching is wolfish. Yeah. That's hard. That's Angel, very different. He, Second Corinthians eleven. Angel of light. He he masquerades mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. goes about. Um, no, it there's. There's every reason for Paul to have said, be vigilant, mm-hmm. be vigilant, be on guard. Um, I alluded to it, but, you know, Timothy was, um, some would use the term, he was the pastor of the Ephesus church. Well, he was the, the, the apostolic authority um, and um, the elders were leading that church. But Paul writes to Timothy and he tells him. First Timothy one three and and three fifteen you know three sixteen seventeen the word of God you have to be diligent. And the last letter he wrote was um, 
preach the word, be ready in season, out season, for there's going to be people coming mm-hmm. who, and they'll, the, the people will want their ears tickled, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. But you, you know, Timothy, so it's, it's, go, it's going to happen. And uh, even here at Fellowship Bible Church, uh, we said we've had, uh, you know, 43, 42 years, 43 years of blessing in many ways here. Mm-hmm. It could all end tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so yeah. there, there's just that constant need for vigilance, mm-hmm. biblical vigilance, vi- because that was the question, vigilant over what? Well, sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Can you paint us a quick little picture behind the scenes? I mean, just briefly, elder meetings. How much is this really coming up of doctrine and teaching? And I mean, because shepherding a couple thousand people at a church like this for just a handful of men, I mean, you guys are wrestling with so many things. But as far as this this idea of looking out for the wolves, what goes on behind the scenes with that? Well, if that's a good question, I don't know how I would answer it right now. I think we've been very fortunate over the years. To, in one sense, number one, given our structure, you hire, you make sure you hire people who are, mm. who appreciate the scriptures, mm-hmm. and I think we've done that over there. So then you make sure you're passing on that deposit uh, of truth. The challenge is the church grows. You got people who come, people who go, um, and people come in at all different levels of maturity and also different levels of of. Uh, of spiritual um, understanding, like their background, with backgrounds, yeah. And uh, I have someone recently um, wants to meet with me and have me talk with their son about the doctrine of eternal security. Hmm. Um, you know, well, to me, well, we've settled that. Man, how many times over thirty-three years I've been in FBC, have we talked about <laughs> eternal security. That, but they haven't been here. But to them, it's brand new. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I can remember. Um, not too many years ago. I don't know if you were even in that meeting, Caleb, but it was one of the meetings, pastoral meetings, a number of years ago. And Dondon Hartog and John Morrison and I looked at it. There was an issue that came, a doctrinal issue. And we looked at each other and says, like, are you kidding me? We, this is, we, we've talked about this over the years. Hmm. And I think it was Dennis McNutt who said, he told the three of us, he said, look, it might be old stuff to you but it's new stuff to me. And it just it was a reminder, mm-hmm. you've got to constantly, so mm-hmm. yes, it's vigilant, it's it's doing your homework, it's, it's vetting people, it's making sure we're teaching from the pulpit, in the learning center, oversight, there's all sorts of things. And vetting happens through relationships. Community groups. Just, you know, understanding oh, yeah. That's and, right. and, and, and spending time with people. And there's a clear value of, of our elders. You, you can see them. They're, they're, they're yep. among, really among us. And I remember the first elder meeting I got mm-hmm. invited to I remember leaving it going, they prayed so much. (laughs) And it wasn't that that I I didn't think that was a value, Mm -hmm. but your mind tends to wonder, oh, I wonder what these elder meetings are like. Maybe people are yelling at each other. It's the nitty gritty ugly. And I know it's been hard. I can't imagine the difficult conversations at times. I've seen our elders and our pastoral team handle conflict well and talk lovingly over disagreements. But by golly, Mark, they prayed in there a lot for people more than I thought they would in an elder meeting. And it was humbling for me. I'm like, years, yeah. years ago, I had a friend of mine. We went to seminary, seminary together. He was retired. He was older. He was retired, but he'd been involved in, in churches and elder-led churches for decades. Hmm. So they were visiting. And it was an elder meeting night. And I, he, he had asked, do you think I, 
could I attend your elder meeting? And I emailed uh, uh, whoever the chairman was at that time. I said, sure, he, yeah, I'd love to have him come. So he came, sat in our whole elder meeting, you know, three hours or whatever it was, went home. And he said, Mark, I have for almost 50 years been a part of churches and elders meetings. I have never been a part of an elder meeting like that one with the prayer, with the discussion, with the lively debates, but with the love. I mean, and it's just, I, I'm, I'm saying that not to pat or people on the back, but to thank the Lord that that has been true. Mm-hmm. And here was a guy who he, he couldn't believe it. Um, and there is now, again, that can all change tomorrow. Right. You just, right. you don't rest on your past laurels. Dependency in the Lord. That's right. Yeah. Dependency and prayer. But again, being vigilant. So um, I had an illustrate that came to my mind. What was it? Um, you know, the gray hairs get, get, get catching in. But it was something that the elders had been discussing. Uh, and it was, a, it was a, oh, I know what it was. Recently or years? Yeah, recently. It was, it took, to go back to your question, and it's not just the elders, it's the pastoral staff. So this, the elders raised a, um, will always say, um, look at, well, what are small groups going through? Mm. You know, does it, or, you know, what about our um, um, children's ministry? Mm. And Brian Weir, he he convened a, a ministry to, or a group of people to look at our curriculum, to, to, to kind of evaluate things. So that type of evaluating and, mm. and constantly mm-hmm. is being done just because we've done something one way doesn't mean we have to do it another way and just because that person led doesn't mean he's going to be faithful and leading down in the future we mm-hmm. you know the, the world in the flesh and the devil is very active very alive and we have to be vigilant at all levels um and some things are going to slip through the cracks mm-hmm. and you know you just got to say look uh, we're sorry about that 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 didn't line up with what we should be doing and back away from it. Imperfect people. That's right. You can't get around Serving that. It's not God. a perfect church. And that's the, that's the call, imperfect yeah. people. You yeah. can mitigate a lot of the church hurt it, it, to avoid the imperfect person who, who's running everything. That multiplicity of leaders, that ability to check each other's balances and blind spots and have those different opinions. It, that's and, crucial. And that's where Paul was going. Mm-hmm. Guard yourself first. Mm-hmm. Guard the flock. I'm out of here. Bless you. And he he gets on that boat. Now we know that the Ephesian church, you know, they 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 hung tight to the word. Mm-hmm. But you go read chapter two of Revelation, and I have this against you: you've left your first love. Yeah. So um, one generation later, um, That's all it takes. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, mm-hmm. we've got to keep pressing forward with uh, sound leadership. I just need to hear some of these stories yeah. of what God has done over the years here, mm-hmm. and. Um, and how it is biblically based men who are entrusting themselves to the Lord to lead this church. Yeah, it's and great. I hope it came out that we, it is imperfect people. Mm-hmm. We don't do things perfectly, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what: if you have a group of men, that you have a whole lot better uh, um, opportunity to stay the course than if it was one person. Yes, doing the leading. Absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff, boys. Mark, what, what can we point people towards before yep. we get out of here? Busy time at FBC? Very busy. You know, August is the middle of August. Schools have started. Um, our church ministry calendar and year begins September 1st. Kind of we operate on that kind of a fiscal mm-hmm. year. So you're going to be hearing a lot of things about ministry startups, restartups, kickoffs, 
um, over the next few weeks. We'll be doing a couple different Fellowship Family podcasts that explain that. The next one that's going to drop is going to give a recap of the, um, the mission trips from the summer. And then hopefully the one to drop after that will be the communication team sharing all of what's going to be happening in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so be on the lookout for that. So I'm not going to get into it now, but I am excited about this conversation. I might refer back to this sermon and this conversation of just the life of the church and the body life and how announcements are valuable mm-hmm. and, yeah. and how, you know, you, you might just lose sight of that. Or if on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. announcements start clamoring from the stage and you just tune it out, guys, it's still important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of the life of the church. It's a part of discipleship, spiritual growth for the body to, mm-hmm. um, just benefit one another's growth. So hmm. that's how I view announcements. So don't yeah. lose sight of that. And there'll be some uh, episodes that'll share all of those different things happening at the church. Exciting time. Marks, thank you mm-hmm. very much. Appreciate it. Fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. <laughs>